I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Cindy Watts. Christian Bush. There you are. I'm here. You ready? I am. I have something for you. Excellent. What do you call a zombie who doesn't joke around? I give up. Dead serious. (laughs) Oh, for the love of God. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. I applied for a job hanging mirrors. It's something I can see myself doing. (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) <laughs> kind of like a dad joke for each song today. Is that it? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, it's going to be a fun one today. Yes, I've I've loved sing along for years, and I had no idea that it had the relationship with our Hail Mary that it does. So I learned something today. Hail Mary, you know, country music loves a good homonym yes we do and and there are probably some people that are going to write this h-a-i-l hail mary Mm -hmm. as in a catholic prayer and then it also has another meaning Mm -hmm. uh if you are a football fan it is the very last thing it's it's the catholic prayer of a touchdown pass uh, just in case somebody might catch it and then there might be someone who's, who spells it H-E-L-L. Hell, Mary. What are you doing here? That's, yeah. Do you like how I just did that little voice? Yeah. Yeah. It's like in, in the Deep South, that's just how we say it. Well, hail. That's, say it. Hey, hail, Mary. Well, hail, Mary. Well, what are you doing here? Yeah, why'd you do that for? <laughs> I wonder if, and I'm, I've been curious to ask my kids if they would, possibly please just listen to my podcast and if so if i'm starting to talk more east tennessee because i'm talking near you sorry yeah no probably i'm going home next weekend or like this coming weekend for easter so if we do this next week there will be a marked uptick in the in the southern in the southern i was with laney wilson last week and she's way worse than i Did she pull you right into it oh my gosh and she says it gets even worse when she drinks oh it gets worse when i'm tired Oh yeah, I'm tired. Are you tired? You know, I, tired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 a little silly, but I worked for so many years to get rid of it, and then I end up back in country music where it's totally fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's dive in. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, our song pairing today. Uh, no, this is great. Is um, off of Fifty Two, a song called Hail Mary. Yes. And it's paired with a song that was recorded in the same day called Sing Along that has already been released. It was a single of mine. I love that song. You played me that song sitting in your kitchen <laughs> when we were trying to figure out what we, we thought the next single should be. Yeah. And I was like, that one. That one. <laughs> so Hail Mary, um, I did not write. It was a... Uh, the, the man who I had been signed to a record deal for, uh, the man who owned it was a guy named Benny Brown. Yes. And Benny owned um, Broken Bow Records, BBR. 
And his big crowning achievement had been the discovery and um, exploitation of uh, Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean. Yeah. And he had had a couple of other things that had happened. He had had uh, Trace Atkins, I think. Um, is that possible? Well, he wouldn't have uh, broken Trace. No, but I think he like redid him. Like Benny had this this idea that he could bring you back. He brought Joe Nichols back mm-hmm. from after his record deal. He got signed to Broken Bow, and then he he helped him refine the right songs to get back on the radio. Um, he did Craig Morgan. He did Craig Morgan. Same thing. And so I I think there was like a he was a habitual believer in 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 men's voices, and at the time he signed me. Um, I think that's what he thought. I think he thought he could pick songs for me that would put me back on the radio. Right. And I had just recently just been on the radio with trailer hitch, but maybe unbeknownst to Benny or he hadn't put it all together yet. I picked every Sugarland song that ever made it on the radio. So I kind of knew what I was doing, but I needed the support of the, of, of a record company to, to really scale the mountain of country radio. Cause it's not something to do alone. Right. You, you have to go with friends <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, so uh, hail Mary was a song that he had found and he had played it for me. And what was funny is not a number of days before Andrew DeRoberts, who wrote the song <laughs> had played it for me. And, uh, and, and I was like, man, I love that song. And so by the time Benny played it for me, I already knew it. So I had this wonderful kind of genuine, joy that he had picked a song I already liked for sure, which is not something because no one's really ever picked a song for me to sing. I had been real suspicious. Like, uh Oh, this guy's going to ask me to sing silly, like honky tonk, but donka donks. And, and that's going to not really be me, but I'm going to have to do it because right. it's my only option. But he picked this one and I was like, Oh, Oh, not only do I love that song, but I just wrote another song with that guy. Would you like to hear it? And he's like, yeah. And it was sing along. That's awesome. So then, um, Benny was like, oh, well, we're on the same page. And I was like, ah, we are. And he's like, well, look, before you go and record this, do you think you could help me out with something? And I was like, sure. Well, you know, what's going on? He's like, well, I got an artist that I hadn't been able to get, you know, a good recording and, 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 and I'm afraid that you know, she, she's at their, her last chance here. Like this might be the end of, of, of her thing. She's really frustrated and I'm frustrated and you seem to know how to, to make records with female singers. And I was like, well, yeah, he's like, her name's Lindsay L. I'd like you to meet her. I said, all right. So I had a meeting with Lindsay and then pretty quickly, um, was hired to produce her record probably in the same couple of days as all this stuff went down. And then I, I figured I was trading one thing for the other. I was, I was going to help him out by diving into this production with Lindsay. And in return, he would then help me get on the radio. Well, sounds like a fair trade. Well, in my brain, that's what it was. Well, for and, sure. And then he was, there was like no record company I'd ever been at before. I had been at Atlantic Records in New York under Ahmed Erdogan. So that was like the world of Led Zeppelin and Stone Temple Pilots. And then I'd been signed uh, by Luke Lewis over um, at Universal and, and Mercury Records um, here in, in Nashville. And they were the world of um, Shania Twain and, and uh, uh, 
George Strait and like all this amazing kind of stuff was going on. So I, I hadn't really experienced Benny Brown, the guy who, you know, sold cars. That yes. was a new thing for me. Yes. But I, what I did understand is that he believed heavily in music. It was something he, he loved. And in that we could agree. So I dove in and helped him with uh, the Lindsay record, which became uh, one of my dearest friends. For sure. And, and we made great, great records together. Right. And um, during that time, I recorded Hail Mary and Sing Along and didn't release them. Because the cycle in which we were in had a bunch of other stuff on it. At the same time, I was doing the the staging of Troubadour, the musical in Atlanta at the Alliance Theater. And somehow in my uh, being in the building and being a writer there at Broken Bow, I had gotten a single on a band called Walker McGuire. And so all these things came out almost in the same week of being Lindsay's record was released and it went to the top of the charts and um, the Walker McGuire song came out and then Sing Along came out. And then Troubadour. And so all this stuff, I was doing interviews for Troubadour and flipping out, like, you're not going to believe what kind of weird life this is. You know, I felt like suddenly, you know, I was a forgotten actor in Hollywood and suddenly had put out Iron Man, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like everyone had forgotten. And then they all remembered it the same day. So, um, these, this pairing is really personal for me because Hail Mary was the song that was telling my story, though it never got to be released. And then what the one that did get released was Sing Along, which was the second part of the story. <laughs> so we never really got the beginning, the, the what it feels like to be a long shot, to be um, sitting in your life, a life that is incredibly impossible all the time. And you get so used to being the underdog that when things do work out, you still can't process it. You still figure that, God, you know, this is never going to work, but I got to keep trying. Yeah. So here, here it is. This, Let's this, this is a Hail Mary. Swinging out of my league, but have a little faith in me. A bottle rocket to the great unknown, just an uphill rolling stone. And say a little prayer, won't you, baby? Hey, Mary, come on, I'm counting on you. Might as well give it all we got. Everybody loves a long. a short bet, but none of them made you happy yet. You look like you're having fun right now. Love's always against the wind, through the air on fourth and ten. I think we could get us some if we put up a hey. 
Capable of writing something that's not just infectiously groovy? <laughs> is that well, in your skill obsession. set? Well, my obsession is with the groove. I think that I, I do. I think music lives halfway in your heartbeat and in your walk. Like when you walk around, you're creating all this rhythm, and you're if you're quiet enough, you can hear your own heartbeat. So you got rhythm going all the time. There's no I'm Steve Martin and I'm in the jerk and I can't find the beat. There, that doesn't exist in real life. Oh, I think it does. No. It, Did you play in the high school band? No. It exists. <laughs> I mean. Have you been to like a middle school band you concert? You got four chances in a bar to find the beat. I understand that. You can hit any of them. Or not. You're dancing to your own rhythm. It doesn't mean, didn't say you're, <laughs> you have no rhythm. You're just dancing to your own. <laughs> Uh, I love that recording because um, that was my uh, moment where I put my rhythm section back together that I had all those years ago. So that was Travis McNabb playing drums. He was playing in Sugarland for years. But before that, he played in uh, Better Than Ezra. But before Better Than Ezra, he was in Atlanta and he had played all the Billy Pilgrim records with me. Oh, wow. Um, and he and Brandon's roommate, Dave Labriere, were our bass drummer for everything like they uh and i hadn't seen dave in forever he had gone out uh, as uh, john mayer's bass player for 15 years and had moved back to nashville and i was like oh my gosh dave's back so we were having a moment of complete flashback when we were recording that song and the next one we were looking at each other as older versions of young guys who have all grown up to chase the dream and are still chasing it. I love it. It's kind of cool. It is. It is. It is. And he's back playing with mayor again. Like they're doing whatever giant, you know, arena touring right now. Travis is, uh, I saw he was out with, uh, Droney. He's really cool. And then Travis of course played with Frankie Ballard and, at some point when we were in that bigger tour, Travis had played everyone's record that was on the stage. Like he, we joked that he could play the first set and the second set and the third set. Cause he played all of the songs. That's funny. I thought, Oh man, you need to get on the cover of like modern drummer at this point. But, That's um, funny. so this is connected to a song called sing along, which, um, I had also, just recently written with Andrew DeRoberts. And uh, 
it is a a beautiful song about um a relationship yeah and a relationship coming apart in a way that um you just hope someone remembers you fondly because a lot of times and i didn't realize this till i got older that there are more often than not relationship struggles or or whenever you're ending one it it is both people's fault yeah it's never just one person's fault and i think i was most of my youth and we'll consider my youth into my 30s uh i i always thought there was one person was to blame one person had to carry the fault right and it just turns out that no yeah the first time I, I really I, I came across it was in um uh in a therapy session. So I've been in therapy for years. When when Jill and I first started dating, she had said, um, "Hey, I want to get married," and I was like, "Hey, I don't." <laughs> and she was like, "Well, how about this? We'll go to therapy, and either we'll with the intention that we're going to get married or not, right?" And then I learned enough in therapy that that I I formed a belief system that was. I could make any relationship work if I'm willing to work at it hard enough. Right. And that was one of the things that therapy teaches you is that it, 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 but you both have to want to put in the work. You can't just have a one-sided work ethic, right? It has to be met. And I was at an age where it was enough to convince me to walk in, you know, like, oh, okay, I'll give this a shot, you know? And then, you know, your mom passes away and a couple kids later, I'm like, whoo, man, I have not held up my end of the deal of, you know, <laughs> like being present. So uh, by the time she and I started to untangle ourselves, I, I learned for the first time that any mistake you might make in a relationship is also upstream. You could have handled it before you made that mistake. Had you been aware enough? And a lot of times just two people are not cut out to do that. Right. You know? So, so in the end you cannot look at someone and go, you slept with somebody else. So therefore we shouldn't be together. And a lot of times that's not enough. You know, that's, it's okay. You made a mistake, but why did you make the mistake? Oh, because I wasn't paying attention to you. So you weren't looking for it somewhere else. So blah, blah, blah. So everybody is at fault, but at the end of the day, no one's at fault. Right. And that's a hard thing to come across. So I decided I was going to write a grown up love song about that moment. And, and how do you hold that really true? And how do you do it in a small song that might make it onto the radio to talk to people that you don't know? And, uh, while that's a near impossible shot, what ended up happening is this became the, the, what Benny Brown had decided was going to be the follow-up single to trailer hedge. That's what he decided. And as they marched out onto the radio, you know, all these things were happening at the same time. And, and, um, it came out. And then the next week they said, Oh, we're going for ads. And it started to get ads on radio. And then the next week I got a phone call saying, Hey, Benny wants to talk to all of his artists on like Wednesday morning. Can you get on this conference call? And I was like, that's cool. I've never heard of a label head calling all their artists at the same time. That's kind of badass, you know, like, right. So I get on the phone call and I, you know, present, you know, roll call. And it turns out he had sold the company overnight. Like he had sold it to BMG. Right. 
and that we were all going to be BMG artists now. And he was comforting us that our contracts were all safe and that nobody's going to lose our deal. And here's where we're going. And then uh, it was followed very quickly by, um, you know, a, a reception a couple of days later to talk about all this. And he had me stand up and he's like, Christian song sing along is, is one of the reasons we sold this company to BMG and BMG's going to put it around the world. And they've guaranteed me that this is going to be just the breakout hit and blah, blah, blah. And it turned out to just be a, a load of crap. <laughs> well, well, Not well, to hang be on. kind about it. Well, let's just say what it was, was a Guinea pig. You know, your, you know, sing along, which I maintain is, you know, one of the best songs ever was their test. You know, and maybe you were, you were the first, you got to be the first, which meant they didn't know how to do it. <laughs> well, one way or the other, it was a lot of hype yeah. with a lot of disappointment on it, Yeah, which I think is kind of fun because Hail Mary's about being the long shot. Right. And then this is a a very grown up relationship song, but I I pair them because it was literally the same day and it was orbiting around this one man who had decided to leave. Right. Right in the middle of it. So it's not this song's fault. It didn't fail. It was just, it's a, it's a story that happens a lot in the music business, which is a lot of people get signed to a record label by someone who then leaves. They're kind of stranded there or songs get released on the radio and then the people that release them disappear and move on to another job. It's just, it's a pretty more common than you think. Right. Uh, origin story of a lot of, you know, these kinds of situations. But, um, I, I, I never held anybody, uh, you know, up for this. I, I never held them responsible because the song itself is talking about the experience anyway. That's true. It's How it's ironic. A, it's ironic that the song is about, it's nobody's fault. It's just what happened. And uh, so I, I hug this song a lot and I don't listen to it much anymore. So it was really fun for me to pull it out and and listen to it with ears now as opposed to ears. Maybe it's better to say with my heart now yeah. than my heart then because it was such a letdown when it happened at the end of it and such a excitement at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's the song that's pinned in my Facebook profile. Oh really? Yeah, it is. Oh, uh, I didn't know you. that. I love it. Yeah, no, it is. Okay. Well, here it comes. Cindy's here Facebook comes profile. My Facebook profile song. <laughs> here it is. Sing along. Street. 
hard to do <laughs> you know i love that song and then when you think about it i mean it takes years after your heart gets hurt yeah to get to that point to get to that point yeah to where you can actually not only just say it out loud but construct it in a loving way to tell the story right you know because you have to start forgiving yourself long before you can get to true forgiveness on somebody else you know, and, and the, the first part's harder than the second. <laughs> right. Which, which is weird. Yeah. Did you, did you get any kind of like, did you know Byron Gallimore mixed that for me? I don't think I did. I knew that you all had worked, clearly knew you'd worked either before, but I didn't know that he was involved in. Hey, well, in I didn't mean to, but when Benny, you know, said, I, this is the one of the two that I want. Um, they said, well, you know, who should you get to mix it? And I was like, well. Byron mixed my whole last record and all the Sugarland, you know, like it's like, Oh, well, you think you'd do it? I said, well, let me call instead of you guys. <laughs> Cause you know, record companies are kind of strange. They always are asking for favors and stuff. Right. I wasn't going to ask for a favor. I was like, Hey man, will you help me? And, and here's their money, <laughs> <laughs> which is why the song sounds a little bit like Tim McGraw is because Byron, it's because Byron touched it. Yeah. So Byron does all of Tim McGraw's things. He does. Yeah. And he did, um, there will help everybody. He did the second, third and fourth Sugarland record. So he did, um, uh, enjoy the ride and he did love on the inside and he did incredible machine with us. He was our co-producer. So what you're really saying is Tim McGraw sounds like Sugarland. No, I'd say Sugarland got more Tim McGraw out of it. I think this is your podcast, so we can say <laughs> that Tim McGraw sounds like Sugarland. You know what I love? What's I that? love that Byron made um, the Heads Carolina, Tails California. He he recorded that song. Yes. Um, on uh, oh, what's the artist? Jody Messina. Jody Messina. Mm -hmm. That Tim McGraw brought in. Right. So Tim produced that with Byron. And that's the song that affected me so much that I wanted Sugarland to sound like that. I didn't know that. Yep. Did you know that Cole Swindell and Thomas Rhett just kind of rewrote that song into a new song that's on Cole's album and gave the original writers credit? And that will probably... I mean, 
it, it, it's already connecting huge. So it's like really? that song's about to get a whole new life. Is it is it the same thing? Heads Carolina, tails California. It's called. Well, the, the concept of the song is, you know, every time you're in a karaoke bar, some girls on stage singing the song, singing Heads Carolina, tails California, and I'm not looking at the title, but I believe it's called "She Had Me at Heads Carolina." Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, I hope it works out for him because, man, when I heard that song, I was like, that song sounds like music I can make. Yeah, it gave me confidence, and it's fun that we ended up with Byron. For sure. Because it made a bunch of stuff come true in my head, which is in my mind, it sounds like this. And then in reality, it does too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, I love it when a good plan comes together. <laughs> well, it's good to see you again. And you dive too, into sir. the craziness of this time was uh, the craziness of Benny Brown. Who I've heard has a new label again. He, he does. He disappeared into the world of I'll never do it again. And mm-hmm. now he's back. And he's got um, Joe Nichols. I oh, believe. did Joe go over there? Mm-hmm. And Easton Corbin. Oh, am I about to go over there? Is that what's about to happen? <laughs> We're going to talk first. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, it's good to see you. I'll see you good again you here in a couple of days. Yes. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey everybody, Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.